Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are finishing up our Cloak and Dagger feedback, rounding up season one. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger, yo. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Uh, Jeff Randall, let's talk Cloak and Dagger. Let's just dive right into this feedback. We, we've got we've got some a few pages of feedback to get through, and uh, you know uh, we're just gonna nail it. Let's do this. All right, Sherman Smith said Cloak and Dagger S two ep eight. Yes, connectivity. The lady cop mentioned her friend Misty. Great episode as well. We may not be sure if Runaways is MCU, but Cloak and Dagger definitely is. That's right. Yeah, that would uh, that would be where she was talking about her friend Misty, and I've I've got to introduce you to my friend Misty uh, back from from up in New York, and that's you know that loops in with Luke Cage season two saying uh, O'Reilly went down to New Orleans, so that's the same O'Reilly. That is awesome. I love it. I love connectivity, and it's <laughs> that's such a small nod. They didn't have to make that lady from Harlem. They didn't have to, but putting her but making her from Harlem. Gave us that, and now if she comes back as a villain next season, or a hero, or whatever. What if she decides to go home to Harlem after she does some work in New Orleans? Like we could yep. have her show back up. How cool is that? Okay, that would be so cool. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> this gets me jazzed, people. This gets me jazzed when they connect. <laughs> they connect things. We haven't really had strong connections in a while, and that was one, except for in the Netflix like specific universe, uh, Netflix specific realm, I should say, not universe. It's not a separate universe. Okay. All right. So Sherman Smith goes on to say, "Cloak and Dagger S one up nine. That bar scene was so sad. Even the black cop stood by while uh, while that murderer beat up on the cop lady. So many good moments in this episode, but that moment really stuck with me." Mm. Yeah, when everybody was standing around in the bar while Detective Dickhead beat up on O'Reilly. Right. I don't. Uh, I. I don't, I don't know why Sherman brings up the race of the cop. That's. St- I just just because. Uh, uh, you know he he you you'd think he wouldn't be a corrupt cop, but I guess the corrupt cops come in all, all races, because <laughs> there wasn't anything particularly racial about the fight they were having. Um, but man, it, that was no, that. You would just think that a black man would be like, you know what? There's been enough, you know, beating of people from cops in this world. Like this doesn't need to happen anymore. Sure, you definitely would hope so. But you'd hope that would be the case with any, any cop. And and it's it's super sad that it's not. Um, and I yeah, I think that 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 man, that whole thing where like Tyrone convinces the cop to help them, and then. See the another cop walks in and then he like he punks out you know he he gets scared and runs yeah. away that 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 scene stuck with me Ugh. yeah all this all this stuff really st- sticks with me uh, I I think they did a really good job on Cloak and Dagger of like expressing how Tyrone feels about the police and Tyrone's a real good kid raised by a good family and that hasn't really been in trouble and hasn't had a reason to fear the police. And because of the culture that we live in, he has to, and that's awful. Um, yep. it's just absolutely awful. So, yep. Uh, and looks like Sherman Smith rounds it out saying cloak and dagger S two up 10. How did that cop convince the other cops that Tyrone was a cop killer? Did they just take his word for it? Or did they just not care and decide to blindly follow him? I don't. Uh, I don't remember. 
I think it was just that they put out an APB that um, you know the the person like they pinned it on him and they put out the APB and then that was it. Like he's had connections up high before that kept him from from being charged when Tyrone's brother was killed. So yeah, you know those same connections could easily bend the law to to do that. Which cop was killed? That's what I'm blanking on. Oh, it was uh, O'Reilly's boyfriend. Oh, that's the right. The guy who shot the video. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then they just said it was Tyrone. I, I, yeah, they didn't really have good evidence. And I guess in this uh, world of having the corrupt cops, it didn't matter if there was evidence or not, which sucks. It just sucks. I yeah. just hate. I just really hate when people... Um, are shitty. Are so shitty. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, we, today, uh, McCain died. Um, John, yeah, Senator John McCain. John McCain died. And it's made me real sad today uh, because I think that John McCain, you know, John McCain it was, was, was a Republican and on different sides of different issues. And, uh, but, like, I, I just really like what I've seen of that man, um, like he can, ha- he could have, he could have differences with people, but those people still liked him and still, th- there was no hate between him and other people. And yeah, and, he was still respected. And, and when he had a difference of opinion with his party, he like stood for what he believed in, you know, uh, when everyone else is yeah. standing there and telling you to move, you know, like, um, it, 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 it's it was he he was really a he really a, he stood he stood for it for something like and I I think so many politicians are only power seekers like period that's all they all their entire lives they may do something for you but it's only so they can get elected like it has nothing to do with doing the right thing and I, John McCain seemed like an an older style of politician that was there to serve people and then I really it made me real sad just in our in our divisive time right now he was a guy who could kind of be on either side of an issue because he just believed something was right you know and that made me sad today so yeah i don't know how you got to that from people being shitty but yeah well we were just talking about uh i I, honestly i'm thinking i'm thinking about uh the cop a cop standing up to other cops Oh, okay. And yeah. that got and him that got up me to his to, party. That got me to him standing up to his party when he thought they were wrong about something, you know. And that doesn't yeah. really happen on either side, <laughs> very very often. Um, and and I just I, I think when, when someone does something that is obviously not in their own interest, um, because they believe it's right and it, it could be bad for them in whatever way, politically or whatever. Um, and, and, and part of that was, I think at that point he'd already been diagnosed with brain cancer and it's like, maybe he was like, you know, it's not going to really, like there, there's not another election coming anyway. So you could say it's like less, less of a thing, but he's just been a guy who stood up for what he thought was right for a long time. And that's, that's, I I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's why that came to mind was the idea of these police officers often, there's this whole like talk about like the blue blue wall of silence or whatever we're just like they all like stand st- they, they, they don't talk when other each of when other of their the you know, police brethren do something wrong and uh, just that that just reminds me of 
the kind of man John McCain was. And you kind of need those kind of men in these positions too, who are actually trying to be public servants and not trying to, uh, not trying to just hold on to their weird power. And, and police definitely do that. There, there's a lot of police officers out there that even if they're not a racist, even if they're not out there to do harm or whatever, like there's a lot of police officers who are just on a power trip. I've definitely encountered that in my own life where like a police officer is telling me to do something that they have no legal right to tell me to do. And I'm like, um, do you have a legal right to tell me to do that? You don't like, I know you don't. And they'll, they'll just, I told you to do it. It's the law now. And I'm like, I've had cops tell me stuff like that before. And it's just, there's just a certain type of person who gets on a power trip and it has, it shouldn't have anything to do with, they shouldn't be given power, you know? Yeah. We need more men yep. who are willing to stand up to those, those, these, those, these kinds of institutions. Yes. All right. Um, so let's go to our next feedback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, got, got a little. The fetch says to us on Twitter at uh, hashtag cloak and dagger at MCUcast. Seems like something changed between episodes eight and nine. Attitudes completely changed and characters, in my opinion, seem to completely revert back to how they were before their characters grew. Did I miss something? Um, <laughs> it's another one of those. I watched those three episodes at the same time. So I'm like. Which one? Which one was that? I think. I think what they were trying to get across was they were. Uh, <laughs> I think they even talk about it in the episode, don't they? Don't they talk about how like story? They talk about storytelling, isn't that that storytelling? And they, the the teacher's talking about the story, and he's like, right before before he overcomes his uh, his his yeah, his you final, gotta watch the heroes fall. You have to watch the heroes fall, and often they fall further than the, where they started, and all that stuff like. He saw yeah. the hero's journey and the story, the story circle, and all that stuff. Like, um, and, yeah, and I and I think I think they were just they they were trying to stick to a story structure, and they also were trying to follow you know <laughs> tried and true storytelling. Where I don't really remember what happened at the end of episode eight to cause that in in those two characters or all those characters, but um, it it is interesting. Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, that's that's where all the bad happened. Yeah. So I think I think that's what happens is sometimes when you go through I think, horrible things. I think things, it's they felt like they won. Sorry. Oh no, my bad. Um, I think it's that they they felt like they won, and then they were hurt so badly by the system, and and everything that you know that had happened. Like it seemed like everything went so well, but then it didn't. It didn't actually go well. It all turned out worse. So, you know, after that, they just kind of shrink back into their hole where they started. Yeah. Where they're like, uh, you know, character growth for me is obviously bad because it turned out bad this time. Well, and they become disillusioned is, is really what I guess happened in that episode. Like, they thought they were moving in a direction. Yeah. And they realized this, this thing we're trying to overcome is much bigger than us. And I'm not sure we can. I'm not sure what, if we can do it. So they they kind of yeah. shrink back and, and and go into who they are comfortable being. Yeah, and I mean, as far as Tandy is concerned, because I was mostly just talking about uh, Tyrone there, but like as far as Tandy's concerned, her entire foundation of who she thought her father was was completely shattered at that point. Because that's where, um, if I recall correctly, that's where she learned that her father hit her mom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So her foundation for her, the goods, the the side that she sees as good, the good side of her is so, uh, 
is kind of sort of rocked to its core. Yeah. yeah. All right, I think we have one last cloak and dagger feedback. Let's see. Oh, yep. Oh, wait for hit us up with his uh, his end cap email. It says, "Woo! What a way to cap off a wonderful first season." Let's get right into it. MCU TV is notorious for refusing to give us a time setting because that would be. Uh, convenient, pleasant, other nice things. I digress. But they gave us one here. Mardi Gras, 2000 and something. I'm saying 2016 for now. That's good to know-ish. <laughs> I've heard mixed opinions on the song choice toward the end of the episode, but I loved it. Cover songs are a weak spot of mine, so maybe I'm biased. Oh, yeah. The um, the choice of Come Sail Away. Oh, uh, yeah. I liked that. Cover. I liked that. I, liked, I, I just like Come Sail Away in general. It's a weird. It's a weird. <laughs> it's a weird song, form. and I and it's a weird song to use in this context, and that's why I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it felt a little out of place. Just like hearing the words, I was like, "Is that really what we want to go with?" For okay, I, yeah, I totally no, agree. Sure. I totally agree. But I also that's kind of why I liked it. It was so out of. It was kind of out of left field. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, OA4 continues now for the actual content let's pour one out for Connors who might be hanging out with Calvin Chadwick and a bunch of mice and 1940s Hydra members at least I hope that's a solid connection when he ambushed O'Reilly I expect her to just be like dude really all this stuff is going on and you're still fixated on two episodes ago (laughs) speaking of O'Reilly the mayhem effects on her were really well done. She should be fun to watch next year. Did you notice she had a stripe on her jacket in the episode? What if Tandy wasn't even part of the divine pairing and it was O'Reilly's sacrifice that saved the city? It might explain how both Ty and Tandy could survive, but I'm not sure if I'd like it. Oh, that's a great that's a great call. That is a great call. She had a stripe on her on her shoulder. And yeah. and really if you think about it, uh, Ty, well, Ty and uh, O'Reilly actually spent a lot more time together. <laughs> like, um, Tyrone and O'Reilly were, were what together if they a whole were lot. the divine pairing? What if they were the divine pairing? That's actually kind of genius. Uh, and what if that's part of the uh, conflict? I don't think it will be, because I don't think that the divine pairing is really a thing that, that's going to go forward. We're going to go forward worrying about, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and watch like in the next season it'll just be like divine pairing all over the place yeah and that's all we'll hear about <laughs> uh let's see oh eight four keeps saying or keeps on saying tyrone's cloak effect was great as well and i'm glad they did that even if i'm sad to see his brother's cloak go hopefully he can fix it because i doubt the show can afford to give him a billowing smoky cloak all the time I uh, love Tyrone's speech in the evidence lockup, and watching him and Tandy kick all the zombie ass definitely had me pumped the whole time. I sort of wish that they had had more of a big bad and a connection between Roxanne and Connors. Was Scarborough Connors' uncle? Or is there some other old guy scheming in the background getting people off for murder and attempted rape? But hey, that's what season two is for, hopefully. This was a great origin story, and now they're ready for a bigger, more focused threat to come their way. I do think that there was a connection. I forget exactly what it was, but I remember early on in the seasons we were talking about it and there was some sort of connection between uh, Connors and the Roxxon stuff like I don't even remember what it was to be honest but I just remember being like wait wasn't that person there and now they're there and I don't know I'd have to go back but yeah I do think I do think there was some sort of connection I just don't know exactly what it was yeah, I guess we gotta watch it again We, I'd be okay with that it's really good <laughs> it was a really good show 
I, yeah, I would watch this again. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with it being just ten condensed episodes, like yeah, oh, it's just easily consumable and it's a, you know, it's just a bite-sized nine hours. Yeah, it's just a little little nibble, you know. <laughs> it's not like trying to watch the Arrowverse shows for twenty-two episodes of boring shit the entire time. Sorry, yeah. uh, what? Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Not to say that Arrowverse is boring, it's just there's a lot of filler. No, I think that's what you said. Anyway. There are a lot of filler uh, episodes. There are some filler episodes. That is that is a thing we can say about that universe without being very controversial. There are filler episodes. Um, out the you ass. you got 22 episodes. And what really bothers me is every episode, they insist on having a villain arise and fall in that episode. Because... Yep. It's it's 1995, and that's how TV works, right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the past uh, two years, but no. No, I don't think so. And the, it's, so, it's so weird. Like, we know it's successful. I don't know. It's just... We know it's successful. It's a show with a good balance of overarching story and and self-contained story. Like, it doesn't have to have a new villain every time. You just have to have some sort of thing happen in an episode. Some sort of thing overcome, you know, and it builds toward a bigger thing. Uh, but they, they insist on those shows just like almost every episode, and I haven't watched it in about two years, so forgive me, I'm a little behind, but almost every episode is like, oh no, this person has some sort of powers. We have to fight them now. Like, it's... it's, it's yep. It's so it's, new meta. We have to find them. Oh, they're bad. We have to fight them. Yep, that's that's pretty much the shows. And I and I I it it drives me a little batty, which is why <laughs> I haven't watched it in about two years. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't forget also that every uh, every episode has to have every single character on Team Flash learning a different version of the same lesson. Oh wow! Yeah, about character. Yep. Dealing with loss in their own ways. Anyway. Uh, OA4 continues saying, overall, this is about Cloak and Dagger, not uh, not Arrowverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overall, overall, this series surprised me so incredibly much that I'm tempted to call it the best Marvel TV of 2018. I don't think I can pick a bad episode out of the ten. Even the slow burn moments captivated me, and when they finally got a hold on their powers, I was cheering to my screen. Let's see if Iron Fist can do the same with ten episodes. Not holding my breath. That was him. That was not me. That was him. Yeah, he's, he uh, did say not holding my breath. <laughs> Parenthetical. Not holding my breath. Uh, last bullet point. I guess that'll be the next time I email you guys, unless there's crazy news I feel like weighing in on. Given what's happened in the last few weeks, I wouldn't be surprised. Have a good rest of summer. Thank you, 084. We will. Um, I... Uh, I really hope Iron Fist can pull it off. I think I'm with him. I think I said that on one of our last episodes that I think this may be the best show they've had. Like from certain yeah. from certain perspectives, it's the best show they've done. And you know, I love Agents of Shield, but Agents of Shield can be a little get, a little, get in the weeds a little. This, yeah. So, so as I just said, you have to have a good balance between self-contained story and 
not even necessarily self-contained. I just need an arc on an episode. I need an episode to have an arc. And I do feel like sometimes with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they all just kind of run together like one story. There's very few episodes I think back to, and I'm like, oh, that is that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know? I can't really think of them episodically like that. Whereas Cloak and Dagger, I can already do that. We can already think of like, oh, that's the one where they went into that guy's mind. Oh, that's the other one where all the zombies came out at the end. I don't know. I'm just throwing out. Yeah. Um, that's the one where he tries to capture uh, by you know te- teaming teams up with O'Reilly to get Connors. You know, like it's they're, they're yep. just, they just have like they have little benchmarks they're meeting every episode, and sometimes sometimes Agents of Shield loses itself in the overarching story and doesn't have a self-contained story as well. Um, and this story was yeah. super balanced in that respect, and I really you loved know, it. Honestly, the the time that I thought that Agents of Shield did the best on their their storytelling, like keeping it contained, keeping it tight, keeping it uh, keeping the the story moving forward, was season four. Oh when yeah, they did the pods absolutely. Like when they when they had the Ghost Rider pod and then the LMD pod and then the Framework pod, like everything, all of those pods yeah, were unfortunately it's, little self contained stories. I'd been saying for years that every season had been better than the last, and unfortunately, I don't think season five. I, I liked it a lot, but I don't think it was better than uh, season four. Season four is kind of like the height of Shield for me at this point. It was just a really good, well done way of telling stories, and they should. And we said it then they should they should do it again, and they they kind they didn't. They went right back to what they had done the previous years, and. Yep. Um, I, I, I miss the pods. The, a little six to eight episode pods is like a really good way to tell a story. Yep. If you're going to do close like to 22. Said, they're the little tidbits. They're the little bite-sized snacks, man. <laughs> they're really easily consumable. You just, um, that was a good story. Um, that was a good story, too. And they all, they all still built on each other, but they're, you know. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they have that one through line of the Darkhold being the, the thing, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think that's all our Cloak and Dagger feedback. I think we're... It is. Uh, unless we get some more feedback, we'll probably just throw some on the end of a feedback episode if we get some more. Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us for all this Cloak and Dagger coverage. I've really enjoyed Cloak and Dagger, and uh, hopefully we'll be back with you real soon. I think we'll be back Tuesday with another with next week's episode of the cast. So come see us. Um, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, if you'd like to support the cast, go to patreon.com, slash mcucast. All right, guys. Peace. Until next time, true believers. True believers.